Ticked from New Jersey. It's the SNL Nerds, the show with two comics from New Jersey nerd out about Saturday Night Live. I'm your co-host, Darren Patterson. And I'm your co-host, John Trumbull. John Trumbull, how are you, sir? How are you? I'm, I'm doing okay. I had a I had a pretty good day. We're uh, we're recording this one a little late, a little later than our usual time because I oh. I had something social to do this afternoon. Yeah. You left your place. Good for you, I, man. I left my place and I saw people, and uh, so that's it for me for the year. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Yep. That's good enough. Yep. I've <laughs> I've seen the news. Yeah, just go out once and then that's it. Like yeah, it's, that's, that's the, all I need. The world that's of hellscape and. Uh, you're, the indoors is your haven. Yeah, but uh, but it was fun. One of my friends uh, just recently got married. Just got married today. Ooh. And he was doing a little uh, post wedding reception get together at a local uh, bar restaurant oh. establishment. Go so. into the chapel and we're gonna get married. Like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. How about you? How, what's what's new in Darren World? Living the uh, life, chasing the dream. I know that. Yeah, of I course. I know that. Always. I know that. Uh, yeah, not much today. Today's been a pretty quiet weekend. You know, working on my writing and my jokes. And nice. uh, I actually did just finish up this weekend uh, watching the new uh, Kids in the Hall reboot that's out on Amazon. I haven't gotten to check that out yet. It's I, I wasn't sure like if it was on Amazon or if it was on HBO Max or or what. So uh, so it's on Amazon. How'd you like it? I really liked it. Like I was, part of me was kind of uh, wary of it because I was like, oh, you know, it's been so long. They're yeah. they're older men now. They're they're like in their sixties. Like you know, is that's so weird to think. Yeah, like I and I knew that because um, I think like during you know when that when I saw them doing like interviews at like on the red carpet, I saw like Dave Foley talk to an interviewer, and like you know, of course, he's making fun of the fact that they're all old men now, and he says something like, yeah, I'm. I'm 59 and I'm the youngest of the bunch. Wow. So, so I was like, oof. Yeah. So, like, my part of me was wondering, well, do they still, you know, is there a sense of humor still there? Or there, you know, is it, yeah. is it a, a thing where maybe it was funny in its time, but now that times have changed, do they still got it? Is there, you know, their sense of humor still funny? Is it still relevant? And but, but you liked it. I'm proud to say, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it. a lot of it you know a lot of um absurdist stuff a lot of meta jokes there's a ton of meta jokes in, like it starts off with a joke about brain candy um nice. there you know of course the uh the kids in a hall movie that famously bombed which even though famously it, bombed <laughs> yeah even though it should not have i'll go to bat for that movie every time it was a solid film okay. and uh, yeah and uh yeah well, that's one Oh, oh boy! Oh boy! Okay. <laughs> no, I don't really have an opinion on Brain Candy. I haven't seen it all the way through. Uh, my late friend uh, Frankie was a big, big Kids in the Hall fan, and he and he enjoyed Brain Candy, as I recall. So okay, yeah, I think it's. I mean, I don't even know if you can find it on streaming anywhere now. It's, it's kind of been a yeah, it's kind of fallen by the wayside. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, like there's like some dark humor in there, some surreal humor in there. There's uh, some edgy stuff in there, like you know, like okay. they cool, bring cool. back some, yeah. Like uh, I mean, I don't want to say give away too much, but first episode, um, you, some of the, I'll say this: uh, two of the kids in the hall are very uh, comfortable with their bodies. That's all I'll okay. say about that. <laughs> okay, so male nudity in the show. Your words, That's not all mine. Sold. That's all I need. <laughs> Your words, not mine. Um, <laughs> How many episodes was it? It's eight episodes, half hour each. 
Okay, gotcha. All right, so pretty quick marathon. Yeah. Um, uh, there was also some big news involving SNL alums this week. They announced that they're doing Spinal Tap 2. Woo! I mean, can you believe that? I cannot. Like, I mean, part of me thought, well, why, you know, I'm to quote the great Lauren Michaels, why now? Yeah, I mean, that's... After all these years, I wouldn't think that they would do that unless they had like a really good idea or they really, really wanted to do it. So fingers crossed that it's good. I mean, sequels are tough and comedy sequels are really, really tough. Absolutely. Uh, So I hope they do something that's in the same league as the first movie. Yeah. Like uh, I'm I was a big fan of the first film. And again, like you, it's uh, it's very much like a uh, coming to America thing for me where. Yeah. Like I, 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 do, I, in theory, I want there to be a sequel, but I rather, I really want it to be a good sequel. I don't want it to be just yeah. a, like a retread of because you, you don't want something that's going to tarnish your memory of the original. And exactly, I, I'm not too afraid of that because the first one is still the first one, and they've done other reunion things. They did a TV special in like '92, I think it was. Right. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'd be neat to see. And they always seem to just fall back into those characters effortlessly. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward. I'm to it. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I don't know a whole lot of details. Did we cover the original Spinal Tap on we, the show, or did we just go on a massive tangent about Spinal Tap one week? We just went on a massive tangent. We to this date okay. we have not done an episode about this is Spinal Tap, and that is egregious. It really is. We're 187 episodes in. You would think we would have covered Spinal Tap by this point. I think it's because I keep thinking we've done it. Because <laughs> we, on one episode, we went on a massive Spinal Tap tangent, and I don't even remember what episode that was anymore. <laughs> so, who can say? Who can say? All, who can oh. say? Science has not perfected a means for us to tell which episode we talked about that in i mean yeah so it is a mystery lost to the ages one day one day we'll get there i yeah. bet it, i bet it's on our missing episode with john schneider uh, oh boy is that episode 122 maybe i possibly yeah maybe it I think is. it was 122 and yeah. it might be it might be on that lost episode yeah, never we, to be heard from again no we covered so much ground in that one we we, we uncovered the secret to life the universe and everything and uh, yeah it's, it's a shame that our recording that week wasn't better. That's right. The answer. That was a great episode, you guys. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. We 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 did it. We we have the had the answer to the universe. We put it down on wax on this yeah. podcast, and uh, yeah, we goofed and it just erased. So, in Oof. retrospect, we should have written it down. I didn't have a like the pen was across the room from me. Yeah. I was like, ah, I don't want to get up and get it. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. recording is here. This is good enough. And I mean, this will last the ages. Nothing is ever going to go wrong here. Not and then at Dewey all. Cox's brother got cut in half, and it was a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, hey now. Wrong kid, Dad. Oh, all roads <laughs> lead back to Dewey Cox. They really do. They really mm-hmm. do. But hey, why don't we why don't we talk about a little little more SNL news, and then we'll get to this week's episode. How does that sound? Let's do it, my good man. Let's do it. Let's do uh, it. SNL, they announced who is going to be hosting their season finale, their season 47 finale. And it's it's kind of a surprising choice, I think. Um, It kind of is, yeah. But, I mean, if you think about it a little bit more, it's like, oh, this, this kind of tracks. 
<laughs> and that's what you want for a season finale. Uh, host <laughs> choice who kind of tracks. Um, we're or of course we're talking about uh, Natasha Leone from Russian Doll and the American Pie movies. And uh, was it Slums of Beverly Hills that she did? Slums of Beverly Hills. She was in yeah. the movie uh, But I'm a Cheerleader, which oh, had that's a right. huge, yeah. has a huge uh, gay uh, queer following. Uh, okay. Of course, Orange is a New Black. That, that's where she made her big comeback. Right. I think she was in one of the Blade movies, too, if I'm not mistaken. Probably was, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Who There's no way, to, no way to find out. No way to find out. No way to find out. And also musical guest Japanese Breakfast, who I don't know much about. You were telling me they were sort of like a folky alternative type of thing? Uh, yeah, I don't know too much about them. I know they're a band uh, out of Philly. And yeah, they're, they're like sort of art, pop, indie rock type mm-hmm. of stuff. Like I've heard some of their stuff on uh, Spotify and it's nice, kind of pleasant stuff. You know, kind of nice and kicky, kind of sounds like stuff you hear in, in an iPhone commercial. It's nice. I like it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I like some of the iPhone commercials. Yeah. Um, I gotta say though, I'm not really looking forward to seeing Natasha Leone host SNL. Gasp. Yeah, you told me this, and I was, I clutched my pearls. I thought, like, everybody liked Natasha Leone. She's, like, quirky and New York and funny, and she's yeah. all like, hey, hey, how you doing? How you doing, uh, that, used to be Fred Armisen until very recently. Apparently, they broke up over a swimming pool. I read oh. that online. Oh, uh, well, the fellas. Um, Something about her just pushes the wrong buttons for me. I find her very annoying. I think what I can pinpoint it to was when she guest starred on How Did This Get Made, the that that great podcast right. where it's um, who hosts How have, How Did This Get Made? I'm blanking on all everyone's names. <laughs> Man- Manzukas. <laughs> you played on every- Paul Shear, um, Manzukas, and June uh, uh, Diane uh, Raphael. Um, <laughs> you blanked on the entire. I did. I was picturing all their faces, and uh, anyway, so Natasha Leone was their guest for an episode. I believe they were talking about Superman four, and I'm a geek, so I was like, "Oh, well, this will be great fodder for this podcast." And Natasha Leone was on there, and she didn't even bother watching the movie. Oh, so that's why you don't like her because she. So like... she was just a drag on the whole damn podcast, and I've just not been inclined. I remember enjoying Slums of Beverly Hills back in the day, but, okay. you know, and also I find her voice very grating, uh, so... It's, it's a very raspy, uh, yeah. she also kind of has, she has like that, like a strong, almost like, like Brooklyn accent, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, how you, how you doing, kid, Ray? Yeah, I'm a, exactly. I'm a Leon, so, Maron. And though, you know, even though I know Russian Doll has gotten wonderful views and it sounds like a neat premise and everything, I'm... I'm just like, no, sorry, that's kind of a non-starter for me. I can't really watch her in that because I think she would just get on my nerves too much. All right. Uh, I hear so. I, wow. All right. So this final episode, this season finale is going to be, you're going to love it then. I am laying my cards on the table. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. I hope I watch the show and I'm like, you know what? I was wrong. I love her now. She was awesome. All right. Let's see if she wins do, you over. I got... Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think. All right. Uh, all right. I, I I appreciate your candor, sir. Yeah. About, no, about just, these things. I want to let the people know where I stand. Yes. <laughs> let the people know right up front you're biased. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's only fair. And right. uh, but until until next week, 
Nerds out. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, are we ending? Psych. Um, no, we're, we're going to talk about the what you called the penultimate episode of SNL. Uh, and not not just of season 47, the, the, the penultimate episode of SNL ever. This is it. So... It all comes down to this. <laughs> Apparently next week, last episode of SNL ever. So. Uh, yeah, all right. I made a little mistake when I tweeted out penultimate. <laughs> I thought that was so All funny. right. Um, you know so what I meant. It's, it I know, of, I know. But I got to tease you when I can. It was one in the morning. I'm sleepy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so this week, uh, from May 14th, 2022, uh, season 47, episode 20, Selena Gomez, the host, and Post Malone as the musical guest. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Selena Gomez, first time hosting. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, we know from Only Murders in the Building. Uh, you know, Spring Breakers, her music career. Uh, you know, she's been acting since she was a kid. W- Wizards of Waverly Place, and of course, as she mentioned in the monologue, she was in a little thing called Barney. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get more uh, into that. And uh, Post yeah. Malone, first time on the show as well. And uh, are you a fan of Post Malone? Uh, not really. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he has like he kind of like rap sings while through auto auto tune. It's I'm very like, auto tune. Right, yeah. Very yeah. auto tune. He's like very he's like the new T. He's like the new T. Paid almost. He's also a very very tattooed man. He's got he's got a lot of the face tattoos tattooed all up and down the body. He uh, has a look. He has, he has a look. A look. Tattoo- I mean, I could I could definitely pick Post Malone out of a lineup. Oh um, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, you, when so, you see Post Malone, you know it's Post Malone. He's not hiding. If you, if you just lined up any five random people in front of me and said, "Identify Post Malone," I could do that. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not. Where's Waldoing in any crowds anytime soon? No. Like you see him, you're like, "Oh, of course." That's the the large uh, furry man with the f- tattoos on his face. So this was, um, yeah. Still, I'm, I'm not ultra familiar with Selena Gomez. I, you know, of course. I was not watching the Disney Channel when she was a thing. Um, I did. I did see Spring Breakers a few years ago. Uh, it's an interesting movie. Um, yeah, the the Harmony Corinne movies they uh, they they run hot and cold. Like they're they, yeah. They, he yeah he has his own audience. Yeah, it's it's a look. It's a distinctive look. <laughs> it's, a, it's it's a choice. It's a choice. Yeah, it, it, that's a funky movie. It's a funky movie. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. Um, and I haven't uh, checked out Only Murders in the Building yet, but I hear it's great. It's good. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. So, um, how do we start on this episode? We started with the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial cold open. Surprising choice for the cold open. Very much so. Like, when they first started, we I saw the MSNBC graphic. We see Kate yeah. McKinnon as Nicole Wallace. Uh, one of the anchors at MSNBC, and I was thinking, oh, they're going to do their usual, you know, cable news sort of uh, rigmarole. Rapid fire. Here's every story from this week. Yeah. That's exactly what I was expecting. And then I was surprised where they, no, we're just going to focus on the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial. So I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting take. I mean, uh, there's enough fodder in that trial you think you could get a decent sketch out of it. I haven't been following the trial real closely, honestly. Uh, me, ni- me neither. Like I, I've I kind of dip in and out. Like I, I know the basics. Like um, yeah. Like the the uh, basically the premise of this sketch, which is that like you know Amber Heard got and uh, Johnny Depp got into such a heated argument that Amber Heard took a, a poop in their bed. 
you know, yes. and, and uh, of course, I saw that on Facebook and the thousands and thousands of Amber Turd posts uh, and jokes followed. <laughs> that is a pretty good hashtag, I guess. It is, it is. But I was like, all, all right. It's, it's all Whoever right. came up with Amber Turd, that's mwah, chef's kiss. Because <laughs> <laughs> you took a duty. <laughs> Um, so we got that. We've got the the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Uh, playing Johnny Depp is Kyle Mooney, which I thought was kind of a weird choice. Uh, yeah, very much so. Like I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I, mm, I mean, his his Johnny Depp was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Take. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't know. I again, I haven't been really watching the trial, so I don't. I don't know that Johnny Depp had like a certain speech pattern and do like a little smirk to the camera. A lot and like he talks very slow yeah so, like i know I, I i just feel like maybe somebody else could have played him a little more effectively maybe maybe uh alex moffat or mikey day or uh yeah maybe i know moffat, or, or maybe aristotle I, yeah give him something to do that i mean we'll we, maybe we can talk about what's that later. going on like, there guys that it's weird right it's not just it's me so weird like i mean i just right off the right off the all right the side tangent on uh, this episode, we didn't have uh, Pete, we didn't have Alex, and we didn't have Andrew. Now, Andrew's yeah. out because he has COVID. I think he announced it on his Instagram that he caught it a couple days ago. Um, oh. a- yeah, so, you know, uh, hope he gets well. Uh, Alex, was, I'm not sure why he wasn't on this episode. He was just hmm. not, just not, just didn't show up. I hope he doesn't have COVID. Hope, hope everything's okay with him and his family. I know yeah. he's he's got a uh, wife and a uh... Wait, no, or am I thinking of Mikey Day? No, I Does, be, I think he just... Mikey had, Day has kids. Yes, Mikey Day has kids. I think Alex just had a kid, like like a month ago. Okay, and I know James now. Austin Johnson just recently. He had like a, a newborn at the start of the season. Yeah, he had a kid back in January. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pete didn't show up because I guess... I guess Pete just doesn't show up anymore. He just is... Like, he's so done with the show. It, it's pretty... It's pretty... It's so weird. He's just like... Because he was he was in New York at the Met Gala with his girlfriend Kim Kardashian, and yeah. like he's not shooting anything to my knowledge. He's not shooting a TV show or not shooting a movie, and he's in New York and he just doesn't show up to work. So that's like what the what is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and even but yeah, when, he, yeah, he feels very done with the show. Yeah, like I'm. I fully expect. For him to show up for next week's episode, the final episode, to make it official, be like, "Yeah, I'm leaving." Bye, and then yeah. that's it. Like, if he comes back next year or next season, that'll be baffling to me. Like, I really don't see him coming. Well, back. apparently, even if he comes back next season, he'll only be on about half the season. <laughs> so he'll be he'll be on the October episode. Like, all right, see you in the new year. Yeah, but okay. So anyway, back to the sketch. Right. Um, I, I enjoy seeing uh, Cecily Strong play a judge. I enjoy it most any time that Cecily Strong plays a middle-aged woman of some kind. Mm, that's her uh, lane. Yeah, yeah. She, she's good at that. Um, and I like how uh, Heidi, as Amber Heard's lawyer, is like objecting to stuff. And, <laughs> and Cecily's judge character just says, well, this does sound fun, and this trial is for fun. <laughs> Right. I see. I thought that was an interesting way to take it, where you mm-hmm. talk about how we're all kind of watching this uh, circus, you know, these uh, this trial about these apparently these two toxic people in this toxic environment, in this toxic mm-hmm. uh, relationship. But we're all kind of watching it like it's a reality show. 
you know, that's for fun. Yeah. It's for fun. I thought that would be an interesting way to take it, but they didn't yeah. take it that way because afterwards they just show footage of um, surveillance footage of the uh, Johnny Depp's bedroom, and then they show uh, Keenan, who's their property manager, who finds the poop in the bed. And right. Is, uh, you know, of course. And Keenan, then he, he calls in Ego, who's playing the landscaper. Right. And, then, and, and it's all it's basically all of them just talking about the poops, like ew, that's boo boo in the bed. Yeah, that's, that's and then nasty. Melissa comes in and plays a Latina maid. Yeah. It really, it honestly, it felt to me like it was a whole lot of racial stereotyping in the sketch, you know? It's not just me, right? I was like, this feels weird. <laughs> I thought I we were all like... like yeah, I don't know, this is kind of weird. It's especially weird at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's like it's, It was just a weird-ass way to start the show. It really was. And like, again, like the fact that the sketch... You know, solely relies around, you know, shit in the bed. And that's yeah. kind of it. I was like, ah, this, this Yeah, I feel like there are other better ways they could have gone with it. I mean, like, what a, pardon the pun, a shit show. Yeah, I mean, I did like the one joke when Chris Red comes in. And he sees the shit in the bed, and he talks to Keenan and says, "Oh, hey, man, you, hey, you finally did it. You're quitting. All right." Yeah, uh, that was that was cool. That that was a cute joke. I mean, there were cool lines here and there, but yeah, overall, I just thought it was odd. Yeah, very odd. I mean, I like the fact that this is like again, like this isn't a normal, uh, you know, rapid fire Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, yeah. cold open that we're used to seeing. But I, I don't know. I felt like this cold open was. Uh, it just wasn't just didn't get there it's funny because like for most of the season we've been saying oh can't they do something uh, different for the cold open and then they do this and we're like no not like that (laughs) different and good that's what we want (laughs) different and good the the cold open by the way this was co-written by uh, Michael Che and Mm. Brian Tucker so right. I mean and you know usually like both those guys I do yeah me too but like like really, like out of all the things to, we can like we all the directions we can go with this Amber Heard just Johnny Depp trial, we're going with just shit in the bed, just just a turd and turd in the sheets. That's all we're doing. Yep, yep, that's what we're doing. Anyway, anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, we got the Selena Gomez monologue, where it's that's that's where it's the beginning of the show when she comes out and she like talks to the audience and she kind of like introduces the show. Yeah, I heard of that. And, and she tells you like who who the musical guest is and stuff. I heard it, Ed. I you heard know, it. No big whoop. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Um, starts out saying that, uh, pointing out that she has worked with Barney. Mm-hmm. And she has a little picture of her as a little girl working on the, the Barney the Dinosaur show. Which, that was big in early 90s, I want to say. Yeah. Like, early yeah. 90s, mid-90s, Barney was everywhere. He was, yeah. I mean, my God, he was, he was bigger than the Beatles. Like, physically. Yes, <laughs> that's physically right. bigger than the Beatles. Yeah, that's what I meant. What'd you think of? Man? Right, yeah. right. He he was like very tall, and he was a very stout uh, purple dinosaur. So yes, he was bigger than every last one of the Beatles. Right. Yeah, he was bigger. Th- he was as big as I'd say, like Big Bird for a minute. Like for a minute, yeah. He just uh, popularity wise, uh, Barney did not have the staying power. That's right. <laughs> he just he just did not sustain his career. He did not. Uh, diversify his projects enough. I right, think. I can see Big Bird right now. Like Barney thought he was hot shit. He ain't nothing <laughs> now. Nobody knows him for nothing. Big Bird would never use that language, sir. I think he would. You don't. How know. 
dare you? You don't know him like I know. You are disparaging Big Bird. I will not have it. <laughs> Big Bird smoking a stogie. He's like, he thought he was hot shit. He ain't nothing now. Like, I buried them all. All the, all them, all the motherfuckers. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I do not co-sign. I do not approve hey. of this Big Bird impression. Hey, man. I heard, I heard things. I heard things. All right. This, this is hurtful. Um, <laughs> Just but, Big Bird but, slander. But then uh, Selena Gomez, she moves on. She says that part of the reason that she's there is because she's single again. And she's heard that SNL is a great place to find romance. She points out that Emma Stone met her husband there. And Scarlett Johansson met Colin Jost there. And Pete met Machine Gun Kelly there. That joke probably would have landed harder if Pete was actually in the studio. (laughs) Just another reminder that Pete could not be bothered (laughs) to be on this show. And yet we're still bringing him up. Yeah. Um, and then she's and apparently her standards have fallen so low she's just like you know at this point I'll take anybody which I don't believe for one minute no I think I think she is probably still discerning in her in her quest for love she's a beautiful woman I mean what's what's the flip yeah she's how old is she now like uh, 28 I heard Uh, I believe so yeah okay I was discussing that at the social thing I I did today because I was like I don't know how old she is. <laughs> so, okay. And somebody told me she was 28, and I believe them. So uh, She was born in 92, so, yeah. Oh, she might be 30, right? 30, 30. She's got to be at least 29, then. All right. There you go. Boom. Yeah. If she's born in 92 and time is still linear, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, she, so, says, so she says she'll take anybody, and then we cut to Kyle in the audience saying, I'll do it. Right. And you know it's uh, Kyle being awkward, and and she's like, "Oh no, no, I I don't feel like that's our journey." Yeah, because no one wants Kyle. No one wants Kyle because he's awkward and maybe not conventionally handsome. Yeah. <laughs> and and then she says, "Besides, aren't you married?" And then he's like, "Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah." Um, I kind of like that. That was that was cool. Yes, because yeah, Kyle did get married a uh, like a year ago, year or two ago. Okay, I did not realize that. Yeah, or I'd forgotten that. He's he's betrothed. I, I don't tend to keep track of the people's uh, love lives, so. Well, maybe you should start, sir. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Uh, that's that's my new project for the summer. <laughs> um, and then and then we had new cast member Jeff come out and say, "Hey, I'm gonna I can do it." And uh, Jeff, for some reason, says that his name is actually James, which I don't think is true. No, it is. It's James Austin Johnson. Really? Yeah, she called him Jeff, like, as a, as a joke. His name's... His, Je- so he's not Jeff, is what you're saying. Right. It's not Jeff. Huh. It's James Austin Johnson. He's been on the show for... Uh, Come couple. on, that's not a real name. Yeah, No, I... Look, hey, That man. is like three first names strung together. <laughs> no, it is. It is, but... Wait, who, who names their kid Johnson as a first name? That's a thing? Uh, Johnson could be a first name, sure. Can it? For the sake of this bit, yes. All right. <laughs> you know what? Yes and, yes and. I forgot the first one. Yes point. and, yes Fuck. and. This is why I got kicked out of I.O. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, but uh, she points out that uh, James Austin Johnson is also married, and he's like, and then and then uh, Punky Johnson comes in, and she's like, hey, I'll do it. <laughs> um, This was cute, I thought. Yeah, I thought this was uh, cute enough. Um, you yeah. know, it was nice to see she did a quick little impression of Miley Cyrus. I thought it was all right because mm-hmm. you know her and Miley are good friends. 
decent like, uh decent Miley Cyrus impression. So yeah. she's obviously spent a lot of time observing her and the way she speaks. Right. I, I kind of wish I could have worked that into a, a sketch. Like the, was... Yeah, I'd say save that for a sketch, man. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought it was a decent monologue, a little dry, um, and I honestly don't <laughs> think it needed the Barney stuff. Yeah, the Barney thing where they would just sing the I love you, you love me, that felt, I want to say cringy, but I was like, ah. Uh... I, I just thought it was a kind of a weak closer. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I think just the she's single and looking for love. I think that gives you enough material for the monologue. Yeah, absolutely. I guess maybe they just thought they kind of maybe they felt like they didn't know how to end it, so they're like, "Ah, oh, just sing the Barney theme." Yeah, and uh, she even admitted she was kind of nervous. That kind of showed through a little bit too. Uh, yeah, yeah, she seemed like she had a little bit of nerves. Um, yeah, but, but I don't know if that's like because it, it, that's like another thing I've noticed throughout this episode. She's very low energy, and like I don't know if that's her. Yeah, thing. I don't know if that's the nerves or she just naturally just kind of. I don't know. Is she like that on Only Murders in the Building? Yeah, she, she kind of okay. is. So maybe that's just her vibe. I guess so. She's just like constant. She's just Daria. La 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 la. la. Um, all right. Anyway, first sketch: Bratz dolls. Uh, this starts out with uh, Heidi and Kyle telling. Their daughter, Selena Gomez, not the literal Selena Gomez, but the character that Selena Gomez is playing, whose name I did not write down. They tell their daughter that they're divorcing. Right. And then Bowen. Oh, no, wait, no, wait. It, the, the daughter wasn't Selena. Selena was one of the friends. It was, a, was the daughter. Sarah Sherman. Sarah Sherman. I'm sorry. I only watched the sketch once. I apologize. It's okay. Um, and then, yeah, the, so Sarah's Bratz dolls, Bowen, Selena, and Gomez, 80. And 80. They come to life, and they right. And she's looking for the dolls to comfort her in her time of need because her parents are breaking up, and yeah. they're brat they're brats dolls. So they don't comfort her at all. They just kind of insult her, and you know, uh, just you know, uh, break down exactly how brats dolls look and try to hook up with her dad. Yeah, uh, I did not this... write much. For this, I did not write much either. My only note outside of describing the basic premise, where I forgot to write down Sarah's name, uh, was this was dire. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's very, I guess, it campy would be the right word because it seems like they, uh, 80 and Bowen like to pair up quite a bit. For yeah, and like when they get together, you get something very camp. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. It kind of relies a little heavy on the the fact that if you remember Bratz dolls, the big dolls that were a huge Which thing. Which I only vaguely remember them. They were they were like a big thing in sometime in the early two thousands. Yes, very much so. They're they're kind of yeah. like like badass Barbie dolls. Like you know they have big right. full lips and you know. But they looked a little more like almost like Funko Pops. A little bit, yeah. They, they had those sort of proportions. They had like very big heads and. Yeah, exactly. But but they they were all like very stylishly dressed. Not yeah. stylish like dressed up, but stylish like, you know. Exactly, very much hip. so. Yeah, hip hops. You yeah. know, wearing Jinko jeans and the like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh yeah, and yeah, I mean I mm, yeah, this sketch was kinda uh it, it wasn't a, the best way to start the show. I felt a little it was a little stale and ch- there was like a few yeah. good lines here and there. Like um, eighty calling Sarah a, a stupid queen and telling yeah. her how they watch over her every day, like God, but slutty. I was like, all right, that's something. I mean, 
Amy and Bowen were like throwing themselves into it in their performances. They were giving it their all. I just, I didn't think the sketch was very funny. And, and maybe if I had any kind of nostalgic affection for Bratz, I might have dug it, but I don't, so I didn't. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And, and, so... and in the sketch, they do something that I noticed they kind of do a lot in SNL sketches lately where they put a song in there that kind of yeah. describes what's happening. And I was like, oh, and I don't know, part of me kind of feels like, oh, is, 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 are they just putting a song in there because people know it's catchy and people like music and that's just a good way to sort of, you know, fill up time if you don't have, like, really clever yeah, dialogue. Yeah, just trying to pad the sketch? I don't know. Yeah, like, I've noticed, like, a lot of sketches and pre-tapes, they kind of do that, where they just, oh, let's put a song in here about what's going yeah. on. People like music. You know, it's kind of like, like you know, when you see a musical music uh, comedian go up on stage, how... You know how some people, how comedians feel like, oh, that guy with a guitar is kind of cheating because people just like to hear music. So you can kind of well, not have... when you see a guy, when you see a, a comic go up on stage with a guitar, you're like, this could either be really good or just really awful. There's not much middle ground. You know? <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, but yeah, the sketch, I thought, all right, well, this is a rough start. Yeah. We're off to a rough start. Rough start. Um, this one, by the way, written by A.D. Bryant, Bowen Yang, Celeste Yim, with an assist from Claire O'Kane. Mm. I don't know what the assist was. I mean, maybe some she like sets somebody up for a three free throw shot or something. <laughs> I don't know. From downtown, Claire <laughs> O'Kane. Uh, anyway, uh, so we've had our first sketch, so it's time for a pre-tape. And this week, our pre-tape was called Old Enough, Long-Term Boyfriends. Uh, this, yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? I was going to say this is apparently based on a Japanese game show where toddlers run errands by themselves. So already, this sketch is insane in the best possible way. Yeah, I, I looked it up. My my wife had kind of heard about this show. I had, uh -huh. hadn't heard about the show until I saw this sketch. And yeah, apparently in Japan, there's a show called like you said, old enough. That's been on since, like, uh, according to Wikipedia, since like ninety one. What? So it's been around. What? It's been around for a while. <laughs> this the show has been running for nearly thirty years. I think so. I think it's it was on in ninety one, and maybe they stopped, and then they brought it back. But either way, it's like a, okay, okay, a that makes game. more sense. But ninety one. Oh my god. That's what it said on Wikipedia. Hey man. Wow, that is no, no, I'm not questioning you. I mean I I'm just I was not expecting it to go back that far. Me neither. Hey, I'm full we're full of surprises. Life's full of surprises. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and uh so yeah, so it's like you said, um the basic premise is the parents send a a young toddler, like usually between the ages of two and five, down uh -huh. the street to run an errand all by themselves. And they, they carry, like, a flag to, I guess, mark him as part of the show or just say, like, hey, don't worry, this kid, this toddler is running an errand by himself. Nothing to be concerned about. <laughs> I didn't abandon my child. He's just getting me a pack of smokes. I just... And they're carrying, like, little bags. And so, and so, so they say... They explain the premise of this Japanese game show. I guess it's a game show or a reality show. I don't the know what reality it is. Reality show. Um, and... They explain the insanity of that right. for people like us who have not heard of it before. And then they say they're they're going to do this in America with an equal, equally helpless group, long-term boyfriends. So I think this is a great premise. 
Yeah, no. I mean, I'll tip my hand a little bit. I thought this was sketch of the night. I really liked the strong yeah. premise. Uh, and, of course, in the beginning, we see uh, Selena Gomez and her long-term boyfriend, uh, played by Mikey Day. And yeah. she wants to and she wants to send him out all by himself, all 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 alone out there like and, a big and boy. Mikey is playing a 34 year old man. But throughout the sketch, he is just he can so not function in society. He is basically a toddler. Right. She she just wants him to go to the Sephora, get him, yes. get her an eye pencil, go to the store, buy a two- Smashbox eye pencil with night mist. I wrote that down. Right. And now go to the store, buy two shallots. And that's mm-hmm. and come home, and that's it. Everything is like four yep. blocks away. And he's like, "Are are you coming with me?" And she's like, "No, honey, no, sweetie." And she's yeah. again talking to him like a toddler. I like how they just maintain this throughout the sketch. He gets to Sephora, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's like, "I I need to see the makeup." And 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 Heidi is there as the the clerk and just saying, "Oh, honey, it's all makeup here." <laughs> And he yeah. try, he tries to ask for it by name, and he it comes out as Smash Mouth Nightwing. <laughs> I, yeah, I like the little touches in this sketch um, because they do try to make it look exactly like a, a Japanese reality show with the uh, big colorful yeah. text and the voice yes. the voiceover. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can do it. Oh, you're yeah. you're a big boy now. Like yeah. all that stuff you would see in a normal Japanese show. I did like those little touches. Yeah, I mean, those were nice touches. I love that he tried to ask for the makeup by name, but it comes out as whatever random shit is in his head. And it comes out as Smash Mouth's Nightwing. So Sma- right. the band Smash Mouth and Nightwing, which was uh, Dick Grayson's identity when he gave up being Robin. Mm. So this is I like it. I, th- I have I have a new uh, online persona now. Smash Mouth Nightwing. Right. Yes, we should we should change our our profile names to Smash Mouth Nightwing. I'm on it. Uh, and then then he goes to like a bodega to get uh, two shallots, and and he runs into another <laughs> boyfriend on the way. Yes, he's it's we see Keenan who's yeah. 38 and a half years old. 38 and a half again acting just like a toddler, and he he explains his errands. He's getting dry cleaning and. What was the second thing I'm forgetting? Uh, a cream that costs eighty dollars. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and then I think Mikey asked him, "Are shallots onions?" And the boy's yeah. like, "Yes." Okay. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Very cute. Uh, they also show him like uh, picking up uh, an egg and cheese uh, bagel, even though he just ate an hour ago. He gets <laughs> distracted by a billboard of Anna D. R. Moss, uh, which right there with you, buddy. Hey now. <laughs> hey. Hey now. <laughs> And then he, he gets the bodega. He he tries to buy two shallots, but because he thinks they're the same thing as onions, he he gets two five pound bags of onions. <laughs> yeah, he tried. And and uh, Selena Gomez's character, when he gets back home, she's she's not really surprised. She's just like, yeah, he brought me this stuff. He tried. Um, it wasn't the right makeup either. It was like a blush for African American women. <laughs> Yeah, and and she's just like, yeah, we should we should we should break up. We're basically just roommates at this point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like the little uh, twist at the end where it just kind of got really real and dark. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's. I also like that there was one part where they cut back to Selena when he's um, when he's out doing oh, yes. errands, and she's like, yeah, he's you know he's good when it comes to things like his you know things he knows about like DraftKings and his adult Legos, but right. you know he's just he's only thirty four. He's out there on his own. I'm getting. 
you know, I'm, yeah. I'm nervous about him now. I'm and, gonna have a bottle of wine. I mean, a glass. Yeah, it's ten. <laughs> and it's, it's like ten a.m. Yeah. It's ten a.m., but it's fine. You can cut that out, right? It's and yeah, I, I think this was probably sketch of the night for me too. I, I thought it was just really original, and 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 Cecily Strong's narration added so much too. She really nails that sort of dry, neutral tone. And right. when Cecily leaves the show, and I don't know if she's going to leave this season or not, uh, maybe even money, but I am really going to miss her narration skills when she leaves the show. Yeah. Because she, she adds so much to the these pre-tapes when she narrates. Yeah, she really does. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, again, like it's still up in the air as to whether she leaves or not. It's still up in the air if anybody's going to leave or not. I, yeah, no, I, we don't. I mean, they usually announce that stuff very last minute. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, on on SNL Twitter, people were debating like, "Well, when are they going to announce this stuff?" And I just replied to, I think it was Bill Broski. I was just like, uh, "Yeah, uh, Tuesday, six forty-three p.m." Okay, so, they're going to hold you to that, my friend. Yeah, no, no. All right, just be so, ready. Be ready. But uh, yeah, really strong sketch. That's definitely one to check out on the YouTube's. It's called uh, uh, "Pre-Tape Old Enough Long-Term Boyfriends," written by Mikey Day and Streeter Seidel. Strong sketch. Strong. Thanks. Strong sketch. Uh, next, we had a peak at Pico. Peak at Pico. A peak at Pico. A peak at Pico with right. uh, Selena Gomez and Melissa Villasenor as two Latina women hosting a talk show. Right. It's called yeah. sort of like a newscast. It's more like I mean I saw online people were kind of comparing it to Bronx Beat. Mm-hmm. Um, it or some people were comparing it to this Mad TV sketch. From back in the day, dishing the dirt with uh, okay. Lita and Molina, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's basically, it's like yeah, it's like a sort of like a daytime morning talk show with two mm-hmm. uh, Latin American women uh, who I guess maybe you could can call them cholas. I don't, I don't even know if that's derogatory or not. If it is, I apologize. I, I don't know. I just went with Latina. Okay. Yeah. Let's. All right. Damn. I, I had someone recently, uh, uh, the Latino persuasion, saying that Latinx is frowned upon by many. It is uh, people of the Latin persuasion, which I'd never heard before. I thought I thought that was the word. I thought we. I I, I was under the impression as a white liberal that was like the nice, correct gender gender inclusive word. But this person was saying, no, a lot of Latinos and Latinas uh, don't care for that. So what the, what do we, what do we do? I'm so confused. I don't know. I don't know what to do. We're trying. Um, We're we're trying to be better. We're trying to be better. So the, the, um, Selena and and, uh, Melissa, they keep cutting away to Mikey out in the field as trying to do a field report from a park. And they keep cutting him off after the introductory lines because they think that's everything. Right. Uh, yeah, so basically it's called A Peak at Pico because they're reporting on their town of uh, Pico Rivera in California. It's, it's, it's in mm-hmm. uh, southeast L.A. And, yeah, they kind of talk in that, um, you know, uh, Mexican-Californian accent. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, of course they're big catchphrases. It's, oh, that's good. That's good, man. That's sad. Yeah, that's yeah. sad. And, and apparently this was a sketch that or a character that Melissa had been wanting to get on the show for a while. She did post about that, that she was very happy to finally get this character on the show. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, this is like something that only Melissa could do and only uh, Selena could do. Cause you know, they're both, uh, yeah. Me- they're both Mexican American. And so like, you know, they're, you know, because of that, they, they have their own like sort of 
they add their own little authenticity to it, and it, it, it uh, and it, it, uh, it definitely reads uh, better when they do it. And they, the, the two of them had good chemistry too. I'll admit that. Yeah, I'll yeah, they did have a decent chemistry. Um, they the other guests on the show were uh, Heidi playing a librarian, or as they introduce her, a lady who hangs out with books. <laughs> <laughs> That's isn't that the description of the job description? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Chris Red comes on as a rapper and. Again, it's awkward. Uh, yes, always. I didn't. I didn't take too many notes for this one. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, me neither. I didn't have too much to say about this. Like this one, it, again, it didn't really work for me. I, I think it really just comes down to I am too Caucasian to appreciate this. <laughs> it's definitely a uh, what's the word? Maybe a uh, urban urban sketch. But I mean, th- I mean, yeah. I, I did like the you know the catchphrases, the way they talk the way melissa had the sort of you know south uh, south of la actor. yeah oh, i mean yeah, i enjoyed how on. specific they were with the characters but i just i don't feel like i have the background to like, right. appreciate this yeah no like, I, if I, i've known people like this in my life yeah i dig it more yeah i, did, I, th- I think it definitely needed more because it is a very specific type of uh person they're both uh emulating and right. i don't know if everybody picked up on that everybody was like oh i guess they're doing like you know lat you know latino mexican person or something but like they're doing yeah. like a very specific southern california you know la type of type of a uh, person with the with their uh the way they speak and their their affect and like i don't think a lot of people kind of caught on that but uh, you could still sort of appreciate it like the way you know the the, the catchphrase is like, oh that's good hey man that's pretty good hey like you can mm-hmm. sort of, you know, I sound like Chico on the man when I say that. I realize that. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's not my job. <laughs> Looking good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like um, I thought that was good. I thought the um, what you call it, the back and forth between Selena and Melissa was good. But yeah, I will admit, like I think it needed kind of more uh, mm-hmm. in order to sort of really get off the ground. I, I don't think there was much there in order to like really elevate this sketch it was mostly just yeah. watching selena and melissa interact with each other that kind of carried it and yeah yeah that, that was pretty much it. i think it just needed all more right. it needed more yeah all right so next we have irish play um mm. this premise of this one uh there it's like an off-broadway show the entire cast has gotten covid so they're having an all understudy cast and they've gone on with very little preparation. They had uh, 30 minutes of rehearsal backstage. Um, and, and we start out with Keenan introducing the play and just, he says, yes, there is a penis in this show. Um, but uh, if you, if you post pictures of it online, we're taking it out of the show. So, so just enjoy it and let it go, which, uh, I, th- I think good advice about penises in general. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> just enjoy it and just let it go. And it. I guess that's that's sort of riffing on um, one of the actors in that uh, Broadway show, Take Me Out. Yeah, uh, Jesse Williams. He plays. Yeah, I, th- I don't know. I don't know too much about the play, but like I do know I, the play. I know it's it takes place. Uh, it's concerns a baseball team, and then one or maybe more of the members uh, are gay. Yes. And, and there, is, there is male nudity in the play. I know yeah. that. Jesse, and Jesse, uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family was in this revival. Right. And Jesse Williams, you, you do, he, he does hang dong. You do see it. Yes. 
And I guess somebody took a picture of it and put it out on the social meds and right. it leaked and, you know, the, the dong leaked and now it's everywhere and and here yeah. we are. Now we all know about it. We all know Because that. people are horrible. Yes, we can't can't have anything nice. Yeah, this seems to happen whenever somebody gets naked on Broadway. I mean, it used to be like you could you could see a show with nudity in it, but now when everybody has a cell phone camera in their pocket, the yeah. temptation's just too much, I guess. But yeah. ugh, it's so creepy. I don't know. That is true. The, the, the temptation is too great for somebody to be like, oh, I want to be the person to put this out in the world. And then you take a picture of uh, Daniel Radcliffe doing Equus. And put it out there. Like, and don't it. don't do that. Just watch the damn show. Just enjoy, enjoy the enjoy the art, you heathens. Just, like just be a person. Can you yeah. just be a person, please? Just be a person. Don't just be, man. Yeah. Quite um, so, uh, so the the understudies in the sketch they're they're struggling through this play, and they they can't really do Irish accents well. Yeah, this sketch was all over the place. And they're blanking on their lines, and Keenan is backstage leaning into a window, and there's just so much of him commenting and prompting. and and uh, Yeah, this sketch is a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, this, this was a first for me because towards the end of the sketch, they bring in dogs. Yeah. So we have a sketch with Cecily Strong and dogs, and I didn't really like it. <laughs> wow. Um, That's how bad the sketch was. Cecily Strong and dogs weren't enough to get you to give a thumbs up to this thing. Yeah, there was I, just it was too much. This, happening. this was this was just a big nothing for me. I mean, I did like how um, Bo and Yang comes in at the very end, and he and he's playing the the person, the actor who's supposed to expose his penis in the show, and they say early in the sketch, "Oh, that's not for another hour." And he comes, he comes on stage, he's very alarmed, and he's like, it has to be now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I thought I, that was cute. That, that <laughs> was funny. That, that was a good point. But uh, I liked how urgent he was about it. I thought that was funny. And, gotta be now, and man. Everyone, and Keenan's just like, well, okay, well, just show your penis to the audience then. It's got to be now, man. It's got to be happening right now. Yeah. I mean, so there, there were a couple funny things in that, but. Yeah, it was it was just kind of a mess. Yeah, uh, I mean, I did like the way Keenan opened the sketch where he's talking about how, like you said, like everybody in the cast has COVID. They could have canceled tonight, but I'm in a fight with my husband and I need right. to be out of the apartment. I was like, all right, yeah, all right that's I mean, funny. That's a funny intro. That's yeah. a, a funny justification. But uh, yeah, and then they I said, saw some people online were just like, wait, why are we doing this? Are we just dumping on understudies? Or uh, yeah, I. I mean that that seems like I think some people are taking it a little personal. Like I don't think they, Yeah, maybe they, maybe it's like acting Twitter that's doing because yeah. like understudies are awesome. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I mean because you you learn not just like one part. You usually are like swing for three or four parts. I don't know what's typical, but and then you go on at like a moment's notice most of the time with very little rehearsal. I mean, you're familiar with the show, you've watched the show and all that, but yeah, I mean, how cool? I mean, it's disappointing if you're not seeing the big celebrity you're there to see. But things happen, especially in the age of COVID, and mm -hmm. it is very cool to see a, a talented understudy just kick ass. Yeah, no, absolutely, I hear you. There, uh, there was like a viral video a little while ago with um, uh, Hugh Jackman was doing the Music Man, and the female lead uh, came on to substitute for St Sutton Foster, I think it was. Oh, and. 
they were just showing her curtain call and, and Hugh Jackman was like, Hey, this is how awesome she is. And she did this on, you know, and he was, he was really just like pumping her up. It was, it was nice to see. Oh, that's phenomenal. All right. It was a feel good video. Oh, I like feel good. I like to feel good. I don't like to feel, feel like, yeah. I don't want to be the miserable old crank all the time. I want, I want happy. No. I want love and joy and happiness. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Uh, I wish some of that was in the sketch. Yeah, I, I wish I could have gotten some love and joy and happiness from this sketch, but no, not so much. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it was. I think there was just too much in the sketch. Uh, I yeah. mean, you know, the, when Keenan just kept popping his head in and out, you know, delivering lines and interacting. Way too much of that. Yeah, and the way whole thing, much. and the whole thing where, like, they would cut to um, um, Mikey and. Melissa, Melissa in the audience, That's that was totally unnecessary. You don't need that at all. Like, they didn't, yeah. like, all they added were, like, oh, wow, this is crazy. And that was it. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, that, like, when we have something weird happening in a sketch, we don't constantly need somebody else in the sketch to be like, this is weird. We can tell when something's weird, guys. Yeah. Like, I thought the whole thing of cutting to them in the audience, that was, like, that's totally unnecessary. Yeah, um, I, agree. I agree. I think this needed to be, like, trimmed down or streamlined a little bit more it was just it, it just seems very Something. all over the place and kind of messy and again yeah, yeah right. I, I agree with you even the dogs let's move on let's yeah move on. Let's, i'm sorry I should move. okay yeah. um uh next we had another pre-tape uh uh this one was uh inventor documentary uh where selena gomez is narrating a documentary about inventor archie gizmo played by uh let me see if i wrote his name down uh steve Martin? Hmm. Is he new? I think he's new. Yes. Okay. All right. Hope, um, hope don't to... think he has ever been on the show before. Oh. All right. Well, hope. Yep. Hope this breaks him. Hope the uh, hope he get the get the the SNL bump after this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. No need to Google that to confirm. Um. <laughs> and he's identified as the inventor of the whoopee cushion. And yes. when I was taking my notes in my phone and I wrote down whoopee cushion, or typed in whoopee cushion. Uh, it's it decided to spell Whoopi uh, like Whoopi Goldberg. Of course, so, it did. apparently I've talked about Whoopi Goldberg enough that <laughs> my autocorrect just says, "Do you mean Whoopi again, beloved comedian Whoopi Goldberg, co-host of The View, Guinan on Star Trek: The Next Generation, and Picard? Yeah. Is that who you mean? We know how much and, you uh, love to look up Whoopi Goldberg." <laughs> and that honestly amused me so much I didn't correct it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and Archie Gizmo is uh, talking about how his inspiration for the whoopee cushion was uh, this woman he met at a party called Dina Beans, played by AD, who would fart every time she sat down. <laughs> yeah. We get, we get, now we got fart jokes. <laughs> and we got fart jokes, y'all. Um, fart and then we find out this, this woman was thoroughly unlucky and she also inspired many other novelty items like snakes in a can from when she opened a can of peanuts and there were four live snakes in there. Yeah. Uh, Joy buzzer from when she was like a uh, lightning struck her. I think it was. As she was shaking somebody's hand. Yeah. Yeah. Shaking somebody's hand, lightning struck her. Googly eyed slinky glasses from when her eyeballs fell out of her skull. Yeah. <laughs> and electric gum from when she was chewing gum and also struck by lightning. Like, yes. She got struck by lightning Multiple times. Uh, once while indoors, somehow. Yes. Uh, that's a feat. That's a feat. Um, and they're also like, because they're trying to make this look like a documentary, 
we also have a lot of Photoshop pictures of young Steve Martin with famous people of yesteryear, like like Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, there's one uh, shot where like he's talking to uh, Sinatra while yeah. uh, Dina Beans is getting uh, electrocuted inside the Copacabana or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Sammy Davis is like, oh, wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. And, and we find out that uh, uh, Archie Gizmo has fallen in love with Dina Beans and they've been together all this time and she's still just as accident prone as ever. Right. Um, this was this was cute. I enjoyed this. Uh, I I particularly like seeing the pictures of young Steve Martin with dark hair. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm I'm with you. That's always fun. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like I I thought this was cute enough. Uh, a lot of production went into this pre-tape too. Like I've done. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, like the costumes and and they tried to replicate the look of the the '60s and the '50s, like. Mm-hmm. pretty well like even the footage looked like you know grainy and whatnot it was like oh wow there, a lot of time and effort went into this pre-tape a lot of time yeah, and this... effort went into this thing about uh farts and eyeballs falling out of people's yeah heads. yeah and it's 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 kind of a quick sketch how long was that one uh let me see scrolling down where the where the heck is that in the playlist mm-hmm. it's a uh, 334 so yeah not not it didn't overstay its welcome which i liked yeah, I thought this was fine enough, this one. Yeah. And this, by the way, uh, was written by uh, A.D. Bryant, Martin Her- Harley, John Higgins, Ben Marshall, and Celeste Yen. Ah, so nice PDD boys. And, you know, it's always nice to have a gratuitous Steve Martin cameo. People were thinking we'd see him and or Martin Short because Selena Gomez was coming on, and those people were half right. Yeah. Just give yourself a half point for that one. Yeah. Just uh, start to pat yourself on the back and then stop halfway through. Yes. <laughs> Go to pat yourself on the back and be, just as you're about to hit yourself on the back, just yeah. stop and then uh, go. So really just like wave your arm over your shoulder. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what you earned. That's what you earned. Um, you lucky, lucky duck you. You lucky so-and-so. <laughs> uh, next, we have our musical guest of the week, Mr. Post Malone. He's <laughs> posting Malone it up. Yeah. Uh, uh, his first number is called Cooped Up. And uh, this, uh, he also guest starred uh, Roddy Rich. Yeah, he was a, uh, Roddy Rich was a musical musical guest on SNL before, right? Or I, th- I think either he was supposed to be on it, but, but then COVID hit and he didn't get to be on it, or uh-huh. he was on it. Yeah, cool, I cool story, Darren. <laughs> don't remember. So maybe. All right. Um, should we Google it? Probably not. <laughs> I'll look it up. But like I, okay. I, I remember. Oh yeah, back in January, he he was supposed to be on SNL, but he pulled out because of COVID. Okay. On the um, that was the Ariana DeBose episode where they got bleachers to fill in for him. Oh, okay. There's, you know, there, there's been so much turnover with hosts and musical guests, particularly this season. It's when somebody's replaced, I just kind of dump that out of my brain. So, <laughs> so yeah, so this is Roddy Rich's official first time on SNL, even though he was scheduled to be on back in January. Okay, cool. Well, it's it's good that they were able to work him in before the end of the season. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, very impressive production-wise. Again, uh, Post Malone had this huge bank of lights behind him. I, I was wondering, like, do his people set that up, or do the SNL people set that up? I don't know. Or do they work together? I don't know. Maybe does they... he bring a crew? I'm sure he has an entourage, but does he bring like his own crew people, like lighting crew and all that? Yeah. Does he crew? bring those lights, or do uh, they just 
break those out at us? I don't know. I don't know. We got a uh, decent mm-hmm. enough song. Uh, like we said before, very auto tuned. Yeah, like uh, you know, he's, he kind of sing raps, and yeah. you know, he holds the mic with both hands and auto tunes and. Gets down on one was, knee. Was Roddy Rich freestyling his section? I thought he might have been. Uh, I I don't think so. I think those were all, okay. uh, you know, ri- written lyrics. I, I, those weren't off the top of the dome, as the kids say. Okay, all right. It just seemed it seemed spontaneous enough that I thought like he might have been freestyling, but I don't know. Nah, I don't think I don't think I don't think rappers today freestyle really. It's all like prepared. Okay, as far as I know, that's that's why these one hundred percent prepared material yes. for for the rappers. Yes. Of today. Not back in my day. Back in my day, hip hop would be freestyle and it'd be right. dope and fly and, and what have mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You, you you did say that thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh and then uh, uh the second the second song. Uh, yes. Uh, Love Hate Letter to Alcohol and this was featuring Fleet Foxes. Right. This... Uh, lots of smoke in this one lots of smoke <laughs> lots of smoke he's like emerging from the fog yeah he said turn that smoke machine up to 11 i want yep i want to and, choke uh, the, the lyric that really jumped out at me was you're the reason i got my ass kicked mm. <laughs> i didn't even notice that holy shit yeah yeah he's so he's just sort of like his love-hate relationship with with alcohol <laughs> you know just I... Yeah, I, I love I love doing it, but yeah, you cause a lot of problems in my life too. Yes, alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. Yay, Simpsons reference. Yay. Uh, but yeah, both performances I thought were okay. Uh, again, mm-hmm. like I said, like you know, uh, sing rap, auto tune stuff is usually not my forte. I like I like yeah. the I like you know hardcore boom bap East Coast hip hop raps. Because I'm from the streets, yeah. as we all know. I've said this numerous right. times. Uh, yes. But overall, I thought it was pleasant enough. I thought it was nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was decent. It's not my type of thing. But I was like, well, you know, this is decent enough. It's. I didn't find it irritating. <laughs> <laughs> Rave reviews. I know that's damning with fade praise, but <laughs> what you going to do? Well, I can only hope we get an iTunes review that says such kind words. As an old nerd, no. I didn't find it irritating. If hey, if you ever want to leave an iTunes review for us that is like a deep cut for SNL or a deep cut of this podcast in particular, of some absurd thing that we've said or some absurd, like I mean, one of my favorite things was when we got an iTunes review that said "medium talents," and I was just like, okay, that's that's. Gorgeous. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I later found out that was a friend of mine. Uh, uh, so. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. So thank you for, for to uh, David uh, Ace Gutierrez for that. Yes. I thought that counts. <laughs> I love that. That made me smile. So, yeah, if you ever want to uh, review this podcast with a deep cut SNL reference, um, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please do. Please, please, please do. Please and uh all right so next we have weekend update with colin jost and michael che michael che michael che i didn't really take down many notes or write down many lines from this update i just i really thought it was solid jokes throughout i thought it just maintained a nice level throughout Uh, with one exception um yeah yeah uh i had a few funny jokes that i really liked um lay them on me buddy uh the one that colin that uh no che had about how they're discontinuing the ipod (laughs) 
after, yes. you know, after stopping production after 20 years because iPod or Apple products uh, become obsolete when they become older, just when they become older than the kids who make them. Solid joke. Solid, solid joke. Solid joke. Yep. Uh, I like the joke where Colin Jost talks about the 14-year-old chimpanzee that got pregnant. Uh, zoo, the, zoo, the zoo janitor was interviewed and said, she told me she was 18. <laughs> I somehow missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> you missed the bestiality joke? I, I missed the bestiality. I don't. Yeah. that's uh, Somehow I missed that one. Wow. That's a good joke. Did you miss the one about uh, Kevin Spacey uh, being, appearing in a movie about Genghis Khan's grandson? Quote Kevin. I remember Kevin Spacey's picture being on the, the crying behind him. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a movie about Genghis Khan's grandson, and to quote Kevin Spacey, me, uh, you had me at grandson. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think he's so, going to be back yeah. to host anytime soon. No, probably not. I, I yeah. think his hosting is done. Yeah. Yeah. Talented actor, uh, horrible human being. Cosine. Um, All right, so we got to talk about it, I guess. So, um, okay, so Kyle I, brought Baby Yoda back. I knew we were in trouble when uh, Michael Che introduced him as saying, well, with Obi-Wan Kenobi coming, you know, the Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. Disney Plus show coming on, as soon as he yeah. said that, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And I watched, I did not watch the show live last night. I watched it on YouTube this morning, so I saw some stray Twitter comments and things, and I and and I actually texted you. I was like, "Wait, is is Baby Yoda on this show?" Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I was like, "Oh no! Oh, what the hell?" <laughs> I will admit this wasn't as bad as some of the previous Baby Yodas, but I mean, but it's so played out now. It is. Yeah, it's I mean, yeah, I watched this. I just wrote down in my notes. Why? Why has my God forsaken me? (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you something. Has Baby Yoda reached the highest, the high heights of, you know, hated SNL characters members as um, has it reached has it reached Californians level with you? I don't know if we're at full Californians level, but we're at least a Chad. Mm. We're we're a DEFCON Chad. Def- right okay. Now. So just below Gilly. Uh, Gilly was okay at first, and then yeah, got got very sick of it. Um, okay. All right. Fair enough. So I, Baby Yoda, I I never liked much to begin with. I don't think. Yeah, like even when he first brought it out, back when Baby Yoda was like a huge thing, and everybody was talking about, oh, Baby Yoda, you see Baby Yoda, I love Baby. Yoda. Like even when they did that, and the first time he came out, I was like. All right, I guess it's interesting take. Yeah, and, and it just kind of stayed at that level for you yeah. for for years. And uh, this time, Baby Yoda, he he's become kind of this hipster. He's got like this long goatee thing, and he talks about how he's in a cult now with uh, Jared Leto. Um, who else? Atila Tequila was in there. Uh, yeah, because he's a spiritual now, so he's right. he's in like uh, he has a community like uh, like you said, Jared Leto, Santana. Bob the Builder, um, Bob and oh, and, and and Santana with the guy who who did uh, Smooth with him, Rob Thomas, Rob Thomas, right? Yeah, well, it's a hard one. 
Remember that song, Jim? Remember that? I do, and now it's going to be in my head for the next day. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Baby Yoda is the smooth of <laughs> SNL recurring sketches, where it's just like you you hear the, the opening of it, and you're just like, oh, God, this this thing again? Ugh. Ugh. Give me your heart, make it real, only a again. I started out liking smooth, but uh. yeah, it's 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 real. But you just heard that opening lick, and you're just yeah. like, again, really. It, <sighs> We're still doing okay, but but they made it up to us. Yes, they made it up to us. We had they introduced field correspondent Sarah Sherman, uh, <laughs> reporting she's doing a little backstage tour of SNL. This, um, yeah, this was so refreshing. This was great. She starts out in the audience, um, and she's she's like, "Hey, it's been a great weekend update with great jokes, but specifically from from Michael Che." So, like right off the bat, we see, "Oh, there's going to be Colin bashing." Great. Yeah, yeah, and I I love that they they found a new twist on the the Sarah trolls Colin Jost bit. Because uh, if she'd done a little, another death piece, I think it would have been enjoyable. But I, I, this made it just different enough. I thought it was cool. Right. Like the fact that she's not behind the desk. She's actually like behind the audience. And she goes yeah. backstage to the mm-hmm. office. I, I love that. I also love the yeah. fact that like, um, you know, she's wearing like her loud, bright colored, like mm-hmm. floral pantsuit. And she has a microphone with a picture of herself on it. Yeah, it's it's got the little box right below the microphone, and she she's pasted pictures of herself on it. She she walks there and she's like, "Oh, there are the crew members who all think I'm an ugly boy." Yes. Um, she shows like a rack of her outfits, and then she leads the audience or she leads the cameras over to Colin Joe's dressing room, and she's like, "Let's go look inside." This is good. <laughs> And you're already just kind of cringing in anticipation. Um, first off, did you notice that there were like a few piles of Colin Joe's book scattered throughout the dressing room? Oh, I did not notice that. Holy moly. I, when I rewatched the sketch, and I've watched it like three times now. Okay. <laughs> I noticed that he, he somebody or the set dressers put in uh, small piles of Colin Joe's book, A Very Punchable Face. I, I like, I, damn, I'm sorry. <laughs> Which I, I thought was a really nice touch. Yeah, uh, I, so I caught it. Yeah, I didn't see, I caught another Easter egg, but we'll, I'll talk about it in a minute, but I, I wish okay, they talked okay. about that. Um, I mean, and she says, uh, and here his, his mirror that has all his self-affirming post-it notes, like you are very handsome. <laughs> you, you are the real king of Staten Island. Nice. Um, Oh, and, and, and the audience is just loving it. Yeah, to talk about how you had the dinner with uh, tonight with Giuliani. Yes. Uh, but I did yes. notice this one, like, sort of little Easter egg that they put in there. Like, if you go back, you can see it. One of the uh-huh. um, daily affirmations on the post-it notes, one says, I'm good enough. Then another one says, I'm, I'm smart st-. enough. Yeah. And then another and then- one says... And doggone it, it, people like me. People, nice. I was like, I like that. I like that. If you're doing an SNL sketch with affirmations, yeah, you got to do the Stuart Smalley. (laughs) And then then she has the camera pan around, and there's a giant billboard of just pictures of Sarah up in gold with a collage of pictures. (laughs) And she's just like, oh, my God, you're obsessed with me. (laughs) And 
And then she she tries to pull out one specific photo that, and she she accidentally drops the photo. Yeah, this this was the moment where, like, uh, I don't. This is this is a memorable moment because I it's think a, co- I mean it's one of those on camera scripts that it's better because it was a screw up. I mean, it really they're, was. They're, yeah, they're just genuinely breaking. Colin just died because he just loved it, and he was and he like tries to cover and he. And, and Sarah covers, she's like, oh, and it's, and what about this, this thing I just dropped? Because she looks down and she can't find where the photo <laughs> fell to. That picture was the punchline and she just right. lost it. <laughs> and Colin dies because there is nothing funnier when you're in comedy than watching one of your friends screw up or bomb. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Uh, oh my gosh, like but, crap. I mean... And, and honestly, it was so endearing just seeing how genuinely amused Colin was by that. And and Sarah just handled it beautifully, handled it like a pro and just kept on rolling. Uh. Right. Then we go and see um, uh, then we go off to see in Colin Joseph's dressing room, his uh, intern cage, his famous intern cage. Right. Yes. He's it's something he's known for. And he's like, Sarah, please stop putting interns in cages <laughs> in my dressing room. Yeah. Oh, we also missed that. Um. When he introduced, when she introduced Colin Joseph's uh, dressing room, you know yeah. that the uh, female interns call it the Chamber of Secrets. Yep. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, and then and then she's looking around more in his dressing room, and she's like, "Oh my God, Colin, are you collecting my underwear?" And she pulls up this huge pair of granny panties, and she says, "I can't believe that you're the guy I've been selling these to." Which, <laughs> I, I love that just for all the weird, twisted stuff it implies. Yeah, it's uh, it plays and, a lot. I mean, I love I love that Colin is such a good sport that he's just like, yes, let's do this sketch <laughs> that is you trolling and insulting me for however many minutes. Yes, I do keep interns in cages. Yes, I do buy your underwear online. Right, yes. right, and this this is like four minutes ten seconds, and then and and at the very end we have Shay like reporting on. On him trying to silence uh, a Jewish uh, cast member, yeah. Sarah Sarah Sherman. Uh, yeah, and, and then she comes back up to the the home base uh, weekend update desk, and she's like, "I love you, Colin," and it's it's very sweet. Yeah, this was a fantastic moment for the show. This was like, I, I mean, up until this point, I I, I was kind of feeling like the show was getting a little stale. Like uh-huh. like a lot of the sketches were like, "All right, that's okay," or oh, "That could have been better," and this moment just. Fucking knocked the the doors off the hinges. It was like a- this. This was another highlight of the show for me. I think this, I, this or the the boyfriend. Oh right, uh, uh, long boyfriend sketch. I mean those these were both sketches tonight. Those those were both wonderful. Right. Um, and you know it's funny like they do. So Sarah is at the desk, uh, like hugging Colin when they're signing off, and he says, you know, hi, I'm, uh, you know, good night, I'm. Colin Jost, and she just says, I'm Sarah. And I don't think she ever identifies herself as Sarah Sherman. Um, Because I get the feeling that if it were up to her, she would still be going by Sarah Squirm on the show. And I feel like Lauren or somebody at NBC were like, no, you have to use your real name. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, maybe she kind of... So I, I wonder if that's like just sort of a veiled thing. Oh, you know? yeah. So she can just still go by Sarah Squirm and Sarah Sherman. I mean, because her 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 Twitter handle is still Sarah Squirm, mm. so 
like a and she still bills herself as Sarah Squirm on her stand-up dates, I believe. Yeah, so. that's true. So like the two personalities can still uh, like like Moon Knight, the two personalities yeah, can yeah. exist in harmony. I mean, I just I feel like that was probably just a necessary compromise she had to make to be on the show. Which yeah, fair enough. That seems reasonable. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I mean, my God, I mean, if there's any doubt that like Sarah may, or may Sarah's definitely coming back to after that like it's like uh, she she's had a wonderful season and we'll, we'll talk about that more in our season and review episode uh, coming up in a couple weeks absolutely but uh yeah she's she's really carved out her own niche on the show which yeah which no I love. yeah she's really like she's really kind of broken the mold and like it's she's mm-hmm. she's she's become a cast member that's like really important to the show now at this point i'd say like people i mean because she's got a voice that is not like anybody else on the show which i think is something that the show really needs it needs a unique comedic talent um by the way the uh uh this this segment the her giving an snl studio tour this was written uh co-written by sarah sherman of course uh celestium Martin Harley, John Higgins, and Ben Marshall. So the Please Don't Destroy guys. So even though we didn't have a Please Don't Destroy uh, short this week, they were well represented on the show. Yeah, it seems like um, Sarah and the PDD boys, like they work together quite a bit. They seem to have bonded, and I think there's enough crossover in their comedic sensibilities that they work well together. Yeah. Right, fantastic. But yeah, I, so, I look forward to uh, to more Sarah Sherman in the future, because this, this, yep. this one was a home run, as far as I'm Good. concerned. I mean, it's... If... I, I really wish that they'd started this trolling Colin thing years and years ago because it it so gets you on his side. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. Um, because, like he, you know, the, the man titled his memoir "A Very Punchable Face." Yes, and he knows. You know, so he gets how he can come off, and and he can be a tough guy to sympathize with because of, you know, he he went to Harvard and married yeah. to the the superstar and, and, yeah. and all that. And you know, very handsome, good looking guy with gray hair. And yeah. Wow. You're, you're making, so, you're making me hate him now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's so wonderful to see that he's such a good sport that he's just like, yeah, bat, like rip into me for, <laughs> for a sustained amount of time. And, and both uh, Jay and, and Sarah do that beautifully. Absolutely. Thumbs yeah. up way up. And and next week we're probably getting a joke exchange. Yay! Yay! So, yeah. Yay. I posted on Twitter earlier this week about <laughs> how I was reading through one of our old uh, Facebook threads when we watched the show and just live blogged about it Ooh, together. The old good old days. <laughs> and when we got to weekend update, I said, and now weekend update starring Michael Che and a ventriloquist dummy that made her wish to be a real live boy. <laughs> See, we eat. And we're we're guilty of the Colin Jost hate way back in the day. I I would I used to hate the guy unironically, and now yeah, he's I've turned around on him. I I like him now. You hear that? But it, it cracked me up because I'd totally forgotten I'd made that joke, <laughs> and so you know it it hit me hard because you know you're the perfect audience for your own material. Yeah. It's like oh man, I'm hilarious, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> good one, John, six years ago. Oh. Tip of the hat to you in the past, sir. You're the best. <laughs> I love you. You're so damn funny. <laughs> You're so damn funny and handsome and witty. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I just dig you. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was weekend update. I thought uh, very solid, except for the Baby Yoda thing. But uh, I mean, they ended so strong. I, I'll forgive them the Baby Yoda. Agreed. Thing. I'll I'll overlook the Yoda because the Sherman was strong. Yeah. 
And, you know, Kyle might be leaving the show soon. Let, let the guy do his baby Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so next we had Three Daughters. This was uh, co-written by Billy Domino and Allison Gates. Uh, this had Mikey Day as a prince in a kingdom who slays a dragon, <laughs> even though nobody in the kingdom <laughs> asked him to, as Keenan points out. But he's like, oh, well, anyway, you know, you slay a dragon, so you get to now choose which one of my three daughters you, you want to marry because <laughs> that's how things work right. back then. And we bring out yeah, Ego, good old uh, Selena Gomez and Kate as the daughters. And, and, and Mikey days Prince character just says, yeah, I'm kind of expecting the one of the three to be weird. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was an interesting uh, way to go about it. Cause it gets almost yeah. kind of like a, like meta. In a way, it got because, very meta, yeah, yeah. Because uh, just, like, just kind of acknowledging the formula that SNL has used so many times of like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, like they'll do a dating game show or something like that, and yeah, or like uh, and Kristen Wiig's character, the do niece, yeah, with the with the baby hands, yeah, where like they and, it, uh, they introduced like two women, they're normal. The third woman is a uh, is a bit off, and like, yeah. and the fact that the third woman is played by Kate who's just known for playing weirdos and goofballs that it's like expected that she's going to be the weird. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen that in so many sketches and, and Mikey day is so good at being incredulous. Like, you know, what did this happen? Um, uh, But the, the twist on this is that all three of the daughters seem to be perfectly normal and he can't pick out what's strange about any of them. And it's really throwing it for a loop. And I really liked it because it was really meta and it was making fun of SNL's formula. Uh, yeah, it, it was. I, I mean, part of me thinks that I wish it kind of went a little, it was a little bit tighter in the writing because like, I felt like the way it ended. How dare you, sir? What? How, how dare you? I'm sorry. I'm not here to make friends. I, I say what I f- feel and think. Okay. Okay. But uh, yeah, overall, yeah. I did like I did like that one line where um, Keenan had where he says, "You must choose one of my daughters before the stroke of midnight." And right. then Mikey said, "Well, why? What happens at midnight?" And then Keenan's like, "Well, it's just so late." <laughs> yeah, uh, beautifully delivered. That was wonderful. I love how he just almost threw that away. And great twist. Great twist. And uh, there was another endearing moment where uh, Mikey started to break a little bit when he, he challenges them to do their, their laughs and they all have kind of weird laughs, but they're not so weird that they're disturbing or anything. Right. Like I think and I, Kate is almost like a fat Albert type of laugh. I, He's like, hey, hey, hey. yeah, I think she, she laughed like, um, like in the chorus of blurred lines, the Rob just uh-huh. picks on like, Hey, 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 I think, oh, I guess so. I'm, yeah. pretty, I'm pretty sure she was doing like the, the blurred Blurred. The blurred line. It, it felt like Kate just changed up her laugh just to make Mikey break, and he started to go a little bit. Yeah, so, ab- I mean, that was cute. Absolutely. Yeah, and so eventually Mikey picks Kate's character, uh, Blondilla. Love that name. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they walk out of the throne room, and then as they're exiting, we see that Kate has this big fake butt that's sticking out of the back of her dress, and it's shooting out bubbles. So she is, so. As she is, see, that, but that's the reason why I kind of wanted, because like it's, they were getting into this meta thing about like how the third one's always the weird one, 
Right. And like it was it was kind of a way of SNL saying, oh, we know what you think we're going to do mm-hmm. with the, you know, you, we know that, you know, the formula. So I thought there was, we know that, you know, that we know. Yeah. That, yeah. So then I thought, oh, they're, so then they're going to do something different that we don't see coming. But then they yeah. kind of went ahead and did the thing about the third one being weird at the end of the sketch instead of at the beginning. So it was like. Mm-hmm. It was just like a little. So bit, that kind of killed it for you. A little. Like I felt like I was waiting a little bit longer for the other shoe to drop. That was kind of. I, I kind of wanted them to go like maybe another way with it, but I, I couldn't think of another way I would want them to go with it. So. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I don't. The ending maybe could have been stronger, but it didn't kill the sketch for me at all. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I, I, it, I was very amused. Yeah, I was. Amused. I, I thought this was a strong sketch. I think it should have been earlier in the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely would have had this instead of the the Bratz thing. But, oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But uh, I kind of get why it's towards the end because it is, and meta stuff maybe belongs in in the in the, mm-hmm. in the in the tail. No, no pun intended. In the back end of the sh- of the show. <laughs> <laughs> see, I see what you did. There. Uh, 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 uh. Um, all right. So next uh, we have yet another pre tape. A lot of pre tapes on this show. So many pre tapes. What is up with all these? So many pre-tapes. This is like our third pre-tape. Mamma Mia. My God, man. Ay, Chihuahua. And not one of them is a Please Don't Destroy. Not of them. Not a one. Not of them. Not a one. This has uh, Selena Gomez and Chris Red as a couple. And Chris Red notices they're low on paper towels. So he runs downstairs to the bodega to get some more paper towels. And then uh, Selena's intuition and her paranoia is getting away from her and and Punky appears as like the devil on her shoulder, just saying, "Girl, he's cheating on you." He at that bitch house. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going down to get a little something something from his little side piece, right? And yeah, uh, and uh, and uh, she sings a song about it. She says, "Oh, you should go on through his Instagram and see what he's doing. You should yeah. you should uh, break his Xbox." And she goes, "Oh, okay." And then she quickly picks up his Xbox and throws it right out a closed window. Yes, <laughs> like yes. so quickly. Yeah. And and later breaks the TV. Uh, lots of lots of breaking of furniture and appliances in this sketch. Yeah, very very much so. Yeah, and and Chris uh, Red comes back with the paper towels he went to buy, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing? Yeah, well, like, <laughs> why did you throw my Xbox out the window?" Yeah, and then and of course he goes like, "Well, like I'm gonna go get my broken Xbox, but when I come back, we're gonna have a talk." And yeah. then of course that's when Punky has the intuition. Says to Selena, you really think he's going to go out there to pick up a broken Xbox? He had that bitch house. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when Selena breaks the TV. And then after Chris comes back, uh, he starts getting paranoid. And Post Malone is his playing his intuition. Right. Because I think uh, at this point, Selena tells him, like, yeah, I'm sorry. I've been. Uh, you know, right. very paranoid. You know, I just uh, yeah, and they're they're gonna have some makeup sex, right? Like she, she said, like I've yeah. dated bad guys in the past. I've dated you know basketball players and celebrities, which of course that makes Chris Red insecure, and like, that's right. when Post Malone comes in. It's like oh, you know, she's she's getting dude nudes from other yeah, t- yeah, which is a- yeah. She gets a text message. He hears her. He hears her phone ping, and you know he's like, "Who's texting you so late at night?" And he, and Post Malone is his intuition is saying like, oh, she's she's getting dude nudes, she's getting dick pics, and all their things are bigger than yours. Right. And and so, uh, Chris Red breaks the table in anger, and 
then they're both angry, and then uh, they have angry sex, and uh, they decide to go have hate sex. The end. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I while I do enjoy the uh, the invention of the word dude nudes. I, sure. Yeah. yeah. This. Uh, I mean, um, it was it was nice to see Punky get a significant a, a part in a sketch. Absolutely, that doesn't happen often enough. No, it does not. Um, it's an amusing cameo from Post Malone. Yeah, it's always it's usually fun when the musical j- guest joins in on the fun and pops up in a couple sketches. Yeah, that's true. I, I just maybe a maybe the, the songs could have been a little bit stronger, or they could have. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, it needed I more. Just, it, it didn't have enough of element of surprise for me. I mean, I was just, you, you kind of knew where this was going. Yeah, that too. <laughs> they're they're going to be paranoid that their significant other is cheating on them. They, they overreact and they're not being cheated on at all. So it's like, right. Yeah. I mean, if you showed me the first minute of the sketch, I could probably do a pretty fair job writing the rest of the sketch, you know? Yeah. It was pretty predictable. And, uh, yeah, but you know, it was all right. Is all right. Eh. Um, you know what wasn't all right? The next sketch. Ooh, let's talk about this. All right, all right. Uh, this next sketch is called Guidance Counselors with uh, Ego and Bowen as guidance counselors at a high school. And yeah. they tell everyone to model. And then Selena Gomez comes on as an alum who and she's become a model. And... None of the students want to become models, but then they're like, yeah, we should be models. Yay. And then they're all like voguing. And why did this make it to here? This was, this was barely an idea for a sketch. This was so pointless. It really was. <laughs> like This was like, I was like, really, really? You didn't have anything better than this? This is the thinnest of premises. Yeah. Like I, it, you basically described the entire sketch. There's nothing else much to yeah. it. Um, I mean, there was one part where Selena uh, comes out saying, like, how she was on a plane, a man was choking, somebody on the plane asked if there was a model on the plane. So yeah. she modeled for him, and he was she was the last thing that he saw. And that's like, all right, that's... Okay. Okay. Uh, but yet... I mean, I think if, if you were going to do this... You need a more absurd occupation than model. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, were they trying to make a joke about like how people are just getting rich on OnlyFans and stuff like that? Maybe. I mean, they were maybe they were kind of hinting at the point that like, yeah, you're young now. This is the best you're ever going to look at this age when you're young. Right. But there was something there, but they didn't go further enough with it. I, I feel like they should have gone for they should have either had like a totally absurd occupation like. Uh, I remember Richard Lewis talking years ago and saying he was he was on candid camera when he was a kid and he went to like some sort of guidance counselor and the guidance counselor said, uh, according to all your testing, you should become a shepherd. That's your ideal occupation. Mm. If they'd had some weird thing like that um, or if they were just if the guidance counselors were just outright saying, yeah, you should do porn. Have you thought about doing porn and like trying to sell them on porn? Yeah, I mean, this sketch didn't Art. it didn't escalate. It didn't really go anywhere. No, it was just there, and I was just like, "Ooh, what? What is this? I don't, I don't get this. I don't like this. Why is this on the show?" Yeah, it, it's this was like, this was the biggest whiff I've ever, this I've was ever. Yikes! This, there, this was nothing. This, this was nothing. Yeah, big nothing burger. Oof. 
Okay. Uh, next. F- final sketch. Final sketch. Uh, baby monitor. Um, with. Uh, this one had uh, Ego. It had Chloe. It had Selena. It had Chris Red, mm-hmm. and it had uh, Kyle. And basically, thank you, yeah, thank you. No problem. So, Selena's a girl whose whose parents are out of town, so she's having some friends over to like party, right? Teenage friends. And, and and drink and stuff, yeah. Do like do a little underage drinking, perhaps some sexual experimentation, whatever the kids are doing hey, nowadays. Hey man, whatever. Love is love. I don't know. I don't know. And but she also has to keep track of the baby monitor. And right, Bowen and Sarah are in like PJs, and they're in a giant crib, and we see them through the baby monitor. Right. They're um they they play their uh Selena's twin baby brother and sister. And right. uh, it's pretty impressive uh, set design here, with this it, yeah, with uh, the two of them in this giant crib, making them look like small little babies. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we're we're just seeing like a black and white thing, like you would see on a baby monitor, just to make sure that your your kid's doing okay, or you know, if if they're making some noise, you see how serious it is. I don't know how babies work. No, who who does? Um, who does? Who, maybe people with babies. I don't know. Uh Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, baby. Maybe. But then uh, the Bowen and Sarah, as the babies, they, they wake each other up, and then they start doing things that are more and more outrageous. At one point, we cut back to them, and they're doing backflips. Right. They're, they're doing backflips. They're, they're running around the, um, the crib. At one point, yeah. we see Bowen ta- like literally pick up like a rag doll that, that looks like baby uh, Sarah by her feet and just like throw, throw yeah, around. Yeah, he's doing like wrestling moves on her. Uh, they they stare directly into the camera at one point, and they get those spooky, glowy eyes, like Ooh. you get it for night vision. Good lord! Uh, we have a cameo, another post Malone cameo. Right, like he kind of flubs his line at this point because yeah, he was yeah. supposed, he was supposed to say, "Hey Ma, you you got any uh, milk? This bread is mad dry." But instead, he says like, "Hey Ma, you got any bread? I mean milk. This milk is mad dry." And then he just laughs yeah. and breaks and. And yeah. and yeah, he's like another baby in the crib with and, them. And Selena broke a, a little bit at one point. Yes, yes. Yeah, I can't remember what prompted that because I didn't uh, write it down. But uh, something one of the babies. It might have been the Post Malone. Something thing. with the babies. Right. Okay. Yeah, we're we're not going to pinpoint it any further. It's it's a short sketch. It's it's only four minutes and thirteen seconds. Go go check it out yourself. Yeah. Um. I will admit, like, I thought the sketch was all right. I did like the end. I, I liked how the sketch had a yeah. solid ending. Because at, mm-hmm. at the end of the sketch, we see that the babies are actually looking at a monitor. And then that's when the teens are like, wait, are they monitoring us? And then we see the teenagers find the uh, the camera hidden in the living room and the babies are monitoring right. in them. And then it's a st- that same grainy black and white shot. So I was like, oh, that's a nice little Twilight Zone uh, that was they, a cool ending. That was a, I. I like half liked this sketch. Um, I enjoyed that we're cutting to increasingly more outrageous stuff with the babies, and and Bowen and Sarah are wonderful choices for that. And particularly when you're having them doubled by like gymnasts doing backflips and stuff. Yes. And I liked at the very end we had like all four people in the crib, and they're all like just dancing together. Yes. That was very cute, but. It's also very much of the school of weird thing happens, and then people comment on the weird thing happening, and 
that drug it down bad. Yeah, that I mean SNL is pretty uh, notoriously famous for that. I, I kind of yeah. wish they would do it less. Just let the weird thing speak for yeah. itself. You don't have I mean, to. Did 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 she need like three friends over? Did could it have just been her and her boyfriend? I yeah. feel like we just had three friends just to get more people into the the show or this sketch in particular. Yeah, I feel like Aristotle could have been one of those people, but I, that didn't happen. You think, right? <laughs> He's right there. He's right Throw the man a freaking bone, SNL. What is going on? Uh, well, I'll get into that you know, in later. Did he hit Lorne with a car? Is he sleeping with Lorne's mother? What What heinous thing did Aristotle do that made him deserve this? I, re- I mean, I've been on Twitter, quite, and people are just, they can't figure it out. It's like, it is weird. He was on a good start. He had the... Yeah. Angelo and Laughing Laughing Tosh three thousand and I mean it, it, he was having a slow build. I mean he didn't like come hot out of the gate like James Austin Johnson did, or but now he's just like a non-entity and it's just befuddling. Yeah, like it is weird. We had like three male cast members weren't on the show and we still couldn't fit him in. That's right. that's weird. That is I'm, I'm just even, weird. Even for a cast member in their first year or a feature player in their first year, he's not getting a lot to do. No. He's he's not even like playing waiters. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what's happening, but I'm sure like maybe a couple years from now, he'll put like, you know, a tell-all book. Like, we'll, we'll get to the <laughs> bottom of this. I don't know. Maybe... One hellacious year behind <laughs> the scenes at SNL. Yeah, maybe he'll be talking about it on Mark Marin or something. Like, uh, like we'll get to yeah. the bottom of this, because this... It is, <laughs> yeah, we, man is not meant to know yet. <laughs> right, because it is just befuddling what's happening to him. It is weird. We are befuddled, people. I am flummoxed, befuddled, and yeah. uh, uh, some other uh, old-timey word. Typically, when you tune into this podcast, we are very fuddled. We are we are two fuddled people. Yes. We know what's going on. We understand the deal. We're full of fuddle. But this, this, we are befuddled. I, yeah, I just, I just can't figure it out. Are fuddled and befuddled opposites? I'm assuming they are. Uh, I don't know. I'm so befuddled, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm all, I'm all turn around. I'm all, I'm all, yeah. I'm all shook up. So what are we going to do with ourselves? Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so that was it. That was it. Uh, anything weird happened during Good Nights? I didn't see Good Nights. Uh, no, nothing. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, Selena thanked okay. uh, Fleet Fox. I think she thanked Martin Short for some reason, which was odd because he wasn't on the show. And uh, well, why wouldn't you thank Martin Short? Yeah, really. I th- He's given us so much. Yeah, I thank him every every night. Can't you just thank Martin Short for no reason? He didn't have like a cameo that we missed somehow, did I we? I don't believe so. We wouldn't have both missed a Martin Short cameo. No, no, not no. no. We we got it yeah. covered. Okay. And, uh, anyway, th- this was very a very unusual show. I felt like it had a lot of highs and lows. Ebbs and flows, my friend. Ebbs and flows. Uh, mo- like most of the sketches, I either loved or I just really didn't like them and didn't think they worked at all. I think the only one I was like halfway on is Baby Monitor. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, I mean, the highest the highs here. I actually like. I might have like. Baby Monitor a little bit more than you did, but I mean, I mean, it's undeniable. The highest uh, highs in this episode was uh, Sarah Sherman's moment on Weekend Update and yes. um, Old Enough, uh, Longtime Boyfriend Edition. That's the, yes. the but uh, yeah, the I mean, guidance counselors. I don't know what that was, um, yeah. and like a lot of the other sketches were just kind of middle of the road for me. And and uh, I mean, yeah. Irish play. I was like, ah, oh, this is this is such a mess. 
but Irish play was a mess. Uh, the guidance counselors was a mess. Uh, Three daughters. I, I enjoyed, I thought inventor documentary was pretty good. Uh, uh, Brat stalls and a, a peak at uh, Pico. Oh, uh, peak, a peak at Pico. Pico. Uh, the, the cold open. So there was more bad than good, but there was so much good. I can't totally write the show off. Right. The highs were too high to us. Just yeah, give this exactly. And really, all I really want from most SNL episodes is like two or three really good sketches. Yeah, all I want is a Pepsi. Just one Pepsi. And that's and exactly. <laughs> um, and and I feel like that's a reasonable expectation. I think if you're going into an episode of SNL expecting everything to be wonderful, you're going to be disappointed. Here, here. So, so overall, yeah, they, not not too bad, but it's yeah. Yeah, but like uh, I mean, the Sar- Sarah Sherman definitely saved the night, as along with mm-hmm. the um, old enough sketch. Those two things were home yeah. runs. Um, what do we think of Selena Gomez as a host? Um, I think she was okay. It's like I said before; she has a very low energy. She's not like yeah. Uh, she kind of stays at this sort of you know calm, monotone, almost uh, Stephen Wright esque. Type yeah, of she, momentum. I, I thought she was kind of a mediocre host. I, she's she's a little nasal. She's very monotone. And yeah. yeah, we don't see her throwing herself into too many characters and things like that. Like like you said earlier, I kind of wish we could have seen that great Miley Cyrus impression in a sketch somehow. Right, but like sometimes her her um, her tone, that sort of nasal. Sometimes it did work. I think it worked again in the um, old enough pre tape, and I think it worked in the Pika Pico too. Like oh no, uh-huh. that's, like there's something like she seemed to be having the most fun in the Pico Pico. Yeah, thing. I, I yeah. think that she she got a little bit looser there. That she seemed more. Yeah, everything else she she, she, she might have seemed like a little bit uptight. Um, and yeah. I think it was very nice to see Melissa and Punky get more to do than they usually do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because yeah, we, I mean they they are really underrepresented on the show, and even if I wasn't. Even if I didn't think their sketches were the strongest things, I just like seeing more of them. Uh, Chloe didn't pop up at all, did she? She was in, uh, yeah, she was in the uh, guidance counselor. She was in the, okay. she was in baby monitor. She was a, yeah. she was around here and there. Very light show for Chloe, though. Yeah, um, very light. But she had a nice showcase last week, so I guess that's right. okay. I mean, we just we just have so many damn people in the cast now. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that on our uh, you know season wrap up. But yeah, so some people have yeah. got to go, got to go. The, the, we, there's we the door. Pull the cast down a little bit. We, I mean, yeah. We look. I mean, honestly, I I'd love to see us like get down to less than a dozen. I don't think that's going to happen. So I feel like fifteen or sixteen is a more than reasonable number. I, I, yes, I co-sign I'm that. being generous. Yeah, it's just... I don't think you need that many. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I just think I we're getting bogged down in, like, having the favorites just kind of go on and do their thing. And, like, right. you know, just because people like them and the, it's, there's a comfort level with them. And everybody's got to do their little victory lap. Yeah, so. and that's fine. But, like, the I mean, the time that you have, that you give to somebody who people love already you could be giving to somebody who somebody could could love you, you know you're you, yeah like, i mean you because there are. there are people who've been on the show for literally years at this point like like melissa like chris red and i feel like they still don't get enough to do on average yeah like melissa's been on what, like eight years at this point 
Oh my god, it's been that long? It's been a minute. Like, I, I remember looking up, like, Mikey Day's been on the show for like nine years, like eight or nine years. It's been a minute. It's so nuts. It really, but I mean, Mikey gets on quite a bit. And, uh, yeah, no, Mike, Mikey's not hurting. Um, Melissa Villasenor. And I'm not sick of Mikey by any means. Um, Melissa joined in the 42nd season in 2016. Oh, okay. So maybe it's not eight years. So, so six years. Six years. Still, that's a that's a while. That's a chunk of time. I mean, that's longer than anybody in the original cast. Yeah, absolutely. And so. like, she's still kind of, you know, not there a lot. Or not. All- yeah. It's, I mean, just fits and starts, you know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's the episode, guys. Uh, thanks again for listening, as always. Um, yeah, overall, not a bad episode. Not super strong, but the highs were too were too great to ignore. So we'll, we'll give it that. We can't discount the highs. Absolutely. Um, why don't we see what the people had to say? All right. Uh, we, got, we got some Twitter feedback. Um, we did, we did. John Anias uh, at Burton-esque 92 says, In a night of refreshing visibility for new or underused players like Melissa, Punky, and Sarah, it's a Mikey Day bit that I was most interested in. Three royal daughters was kind of meta-text, agreed, uh, with Mikey baffled by not getting his classic Day Seidel inexplicable person sketch. Yeah, I like that. I mean, it, the fact that they cast Mikey in that part, I mean, he co-wrote the sketch, but that made it funnier. Right. No, absolutely. Um, and he continues, uh, that slyness almost balanced out the more formulaic Mikey points out a weird thing business that we had in the that Irish play sketch, but almost is not actually. And that play sketch was still an unfocused shamble. Agreed. It was all over the place. It yeah. just it needed a it just it just needed like a like a focus. It was just like what's happening here. Yeah. I, at one point, was... like uh, at one point, Keenan just comes in and just does both of their lines of. Uh, it's just like all right. So now this is happening. So now this, let's let's uh, look. I'm, if we rehash sorry, everything that went wrong in that sketch, yeah, <laughs> we'll be here all night. Right, right. Let's let's keep it go- let's keep going. Right. <laughs> it it was bad, and you should feel bad. There, there. I went I went Zoyberg on on Irish play. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, next up, we got Boardman Gets Paid. Hello. Yes. Hello from the dot, dot, dot. Oh, my God. Where in time are you I now? No. We don't. Are you coming from the future? Are you coming from the past? Are you in the present with us? We don't know. <laughs> know what I did not like this. Know what I did not like this episode. I guess that's what uh, happens when you have a bunch of Melissa and a bunch of Melissa and Punky. I wanted to, I wanted the Pico to be good so badly. I guess this is what happens when I watch the episodes when they actually air. Peace signs. Also, my quote of the week is, if she can cut your finger, she can cut off your finger, she can boo-boo on your bed, which I wouldn't even use at work, LOL. Yeah, that that was a line from the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial cold open. Right. Um, Yeah, a lot of, like I said, a lot of highs and lows. Absolutely. So, all right, our friend uh, Manette Moratti, uh, who's at Manette uh, M97, if you want to follow her, and please do. Uh, I appreciate them choosing to be inventive and topical the last couple of episodes with the cold opens, but this one in particular felt like an attempt to only get some publicity by talking about it and forgetting to write a good sketch around <laughs> it. That's fantastic. <laughs> Savage. Where's the lie? <laughs> Yeah, where's the lie, though? Um, additionally, both sides have issues is not a particularly hot take. 
Uh, it's what any decent person not involved in this case should just be thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like like I said before, I I haven't really followed the ske- the the trial. I said the sketch. Ooh. I haven't been following that trial closely at all. Uh, I knew about the the crapping in the bed thing, and that's about it. Yeah. From from what I understand, they're both pretty. Uh terrible people i mean they're both accusing the other of domestic abuse and apparently there is some truth to both of that i just don't care that much honestly as you shouldn't <laughs> no uh no. our good friend from across the pond mikey says, mikey says uh with two e's people two e's says a uh, bit yes. of a step down from last week enjoyed the boyfriend erin sketch and weekend update was great apart from baby yoda no idea what that was why it got on or where the joke was is that the most recurring character we have from the last few seasons? Rest feel a bit tired and missed. And missed the mark for me. Even though we had Cecily and dogs in the same sketch. Was Marty Short there or in a cut pre-tape or something? I didn't see him, but got got a thank you in the goodbyes. Hoping for a decent finale next week and a shake-up in the cast for next season. Yeah. And, uh, great. Uh... Uh, Boardman gets paid, replies to that. He says, I doubt half the cast is going to be there next year. Oh, it's a bold statement. I just gave you a like from the SNL Nerds account. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah, I feel like it's time. It's. I think everybody is thinking it's time. I think I remember seeing, like, Lorne gave an interview, like, not too long ago, saying, yeah, it's, it might be time, it's time for a shakeup. And I, I couldn't yeah. agree more. I've been ready for a shakeup for a while. Um, we're, we've yeah. been getting new writers in and here and there and that's fine but mm-hmm. i really think once the cast gets you know once we cut the fat and some of the cast people go away and like we, we got a lot of new writers in uh and i think i think some of those are great the monologue's greatly improved please don't destroy has been wonderful now now we got to look at the cast a little bit yes so absolutely and some people it seems like they just don't want to leave the nest I mean, I, you, you got to graduate high school sometime, man. You got to you gotta leave yeah. the college. And apparently now that time is somewhere like between 8 to 12 years. It's People stay for a long-ass time now. Yeah. I mean, we, we had a big discussion about this on Twitter this week. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we got... People, we, people seem to be agreeing. People gots to go. Gots to go. They gots to go. Gots to, gots to, gots to. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. If I lean into that voice anymore, it's gonna get racist. Oh boy! So. Please don't don't do that. No, I'm saying I'm saying that is why I am not doing Thank it. Thank you. I, I don't want. <laughs> I was not warning you. I was saying this is why I'm discontinuing this bit. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for your service. Uh, yeah. So those are our tweets. And hey, John, ah. we got ourselves a new review on iTunes. All right. Okay. You you mentioned this before we started recording. You you I said okay. Is it heinous? Is it awful? And you said no. It is not. It is a five star review. I have not heard this at all. I'll be reacting to this in real time. So lay it on me, sir. All right. So this uh, review comes from Moosey sixteen. All right. Already love it. Love the screen. And uh, we got it on Wednesday, and it's titled we- "Delightful Five Stars." Aww. These two hosts are true nerds and are a delight to listen to each week. Even the excesses, so, um, yeah, don't bother me. I'm also a sucker for the overall corny vibes of their own jokes. Good times. So, hey. 
The overall corny vibe. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'll take I'll that. on that. <laughs> I'll take that. Five stars, yeah, I'll take it. it. Hey, it's still five stars. So. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I apologize for the ums and yas and stuff like that. It's it's a verbal tick. It's... Yeah. I, I yeah. just said, yeah, damn it. <laughs> I honestly think that maybe they might have been listening to an old episode because I think in the earlier years, we were still sort of getting our footing. I really think we've mm-hmm. both have been more conscious about the ums and the yes and the uhs and the whatever. I think we we are we have gotten better throughout the years. They they pop way out to me whenever I listen to the podcast, which I, I don't listen every week. But uh, no, I, and I'm I'm believe me, I'm hyper aware of it because I also uh, interview people for one of my uh, side jobs. And so I'm listening to tapes back of my own voice a fair amount. Right. Uh, and ugh, I, I can drive myself nuts. <laughs> I hear you. So I, I don't know what to do about it. Though. It's, uh, I love my it's, voice. It's, I have a silky tone and I just can't get enough mm-hmm. of hearing myself. I don't know. Should I should I like put a rubber band around my wrist and snap it every time I catch myself? Saying that, or should I just not worry about uh, it? I don't know. Uh, don't worry about it. Just just be more conscious of it, and you know, just do your best, man. We're all hey, man. We're all doing our best, and some people like the ums and yes. It's like authenticity, the little accidents. Uh, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. That's what I. Th- um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's what I'm telling myself. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. All right, and uh, yeah. yeah, and and um, yeah, and um, that's the episode, guys. Thanks again for listening, as always. Uh, as always, if you, you could always uh, leave an awesome review on iTunes for us. We, that'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, if yes. you want to donate to our Patreon, you can find it at non-productive.com. Follow us mm-hmm. on Twitter. at And uh, I should just say, if you donate to the Patreon, you do get occasional bits of bonus content, because sometimes we'll just keep on talking right. about stuff after we record an episode, and we put that up as bonus content. So if you want to hear us talk about more pop culture type stuff. Right. Don't you yeah. don't you want to hear us talk more? Don't you want to hear more <laughs> ums and ahs and yes? You know you do. You know you do. You know you like it. You know you do. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SNL Nerd Show. You can follow me mm-hmm. on Twitter and Instagram at Darren Credible. That's D-A-R-I-N Credible. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Trumbull Comic. That's T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L and the word comic. <clears throat> and uh, I said that emphatically. Hey, good golly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's our episode. And thanks again, as always, for listening and for reviewing and all that jazz. And uh, tune in again mm-hmm. next time for the season 47 finale with Natasha Leon and Japanese Breakfast. But until then, nerds out! This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. 